A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome back to the Delicious Podcast with me, Julie Smith, and to our series featuring eight of the new cookbooks on the market this autumn. The whole series is sponsored by Hive.co.uk, the more bookshop-friendly way to buy your books online. I'll give you the discount code at the end of the podcast, which you can use to buy any of the books in the series, and your local bookshop will automatically get between 5 and 15% commission, depending on whether you get it in the post or pop in to pick it up. It's all about encouraging footfall across the whole high street as you make your way to your favourite bookshop, while sharing the spoils if you can't get there yourself. It's a no-brainer. This week, vegan and vegetarian food writer Mira Soda gives me a masterclass on Asian store cupboard ingredients to transform my plant-based repertoire. Her new book, East, is packed with recipes from Bangalore to Beijing, but which is gathered from the fabulously diverse communities and restaurants in the UK that make our food culture so vibrant right now. I asked her about the recipe she was cooking me from Oshibi, a Korean restaurant in the shadow of York Minster. It's a kimchi pancake called kimchi jeon, and um, they're really quick and easy to throw together. The main ingredient is in the title, it's kimchi, um, and it's a Korean sort of sauerkraut, but with so much oomph and flavour. Um, there's lovely chilli flakes in there and garlic, and um, yeah, and it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's a really beautiful ingredient to use it's sort of a store cupboard ingredient um and it goes into this pancake with a bit of rice flour some flour some bean sprouts and i make a dipping sauce and the whole thing comes together in about sort of 10 minutes which is so joyful we'll listen to you make it but just to put that in context so korean is absolutely part of the book we know you as an indian food writer mainly even though you grew up in in britain your thing has been so far indian food tell us why you've kind of veered off to look at pan-asian well, um, I wasn't planning on veering off. Um, I love India uh, so much. It's my first love. But uh, a couple of years ago, I was asked by the editor of um, the Guardian Weekend magazine uh, to write a column called The New Vegan. And um, she wanted me to broaden it beyond India. And I suspected that um, if I looked east um bombay and beyond that i'd find in like loads of inspiration for the home cook uh when it came to eating more vegetables um and that's exactly what i found and so you know whether whether it's countries like thailand or vietnam um you know or malaysia singapore there there are cultures and communities and cooks that put vegetables at the center of the plate with such ease and creativity and i mean absolutely and we are only now learning to kind of be more plant-based in our everyday eating and i think that britain has come on amazingly so quickly haven't we that 
you know, you've kind of got to look across Asia for more inspiration, presumably, for your Guardian column, don't you? Well, I mean, I think just for several reasons. So, you know, if you look towards somewhere like Burma or India, India's got, you know, millions of vegetarians. Mm. Um, And so if you're looking to reduce the amount of eggs or dairy or meat in your diet, it's um, a natural fit to look towards those countries in Korea where these pancakes come from. They traditionally haven't eaten very much cheese or dairy at all. And so if you're just looking to reduce the dairy, there's so much inspiration for the home cook. And that's what I was so, you know, this pancake, when I first ate it, um, I was in a restaurant in York and it blew my mind um, for several reasons. One, because it was so flavorful. Um, Two, because it was a pancake, but made without eggs and dairy. Um, And thirdly, because I was in York (laughs) eating it and I was eating this fantastic Korean food in York. And I thought, well, if I can find amazing Korean food in York, then maybe there's amazing Japanese food in Milton Keynes or Sri Lankan food in Margate and it set me on this incredible journey of and down in East Sussex last night I was cooking your laksa from scratch and I have to say I cook a lot of laksa but I've always used you know laksa from a jar with some coconut milk and just filled it with whatever but generally prawns or something like that I did it with butternut squash you do it with swede um, which was absolutely delicious with um, banana shallots. I, I eat a lot of plant-based stuff, but really, really didn't miss the prawns in this one. That's a Malay curry. That's right, yeah. So um, the inspiration for that, so I was talking to my accountant, Ben, um, who's from um, the Sarawat community of Borneo, and I was asking him, where can I find the best laksa in London? And uh, and so we went sort of on a bit of a trip. So we went to Sambal Shiok, this incredible restaurant, um, and also to Laxamania, and he was, you know, so it was, uh, and I just, you know, it was so incredible to sort of find this ridiculous resource just on my doorstep, and I realised I could travel to Southeast Asia and South Asia without really leaving the yeah. country, which was wonderful. And that's the joy of this book. I mean, I've just come from Jay Rayner, who actually, what does he say about the laxa? Oh, um, it should be available by prescription on the NHS. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I forgot he said that. <laughs> and Which we've is just so had... true. It's that nasal clearing thing that you get with it. It's just, it's such a, you know, it does make you feel, it's very sort of comforting and soothing. And, you know, everything that it feels like your soul needs when you're feeling a bit down and out. Absolutely. <laughs> and I've just come from his house this morning, actually, before I get to you. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about travelling the world and how and why food journalists, food writers have to... To travel to get to breathe in and feel mm. where the food comes from but actually yeah. that's not what you did not for any hashtag flat shame <laughs> reasons but actually because you had a little child uh, mm. so you couldn't leave your daughter yeah. um how did that feel you know kind of using london and britain as your fertile stomping ground to find all these extraordinary recipes? Uh, It felt amazing. I felt like I was living in... I'd been living in London for over 10 years and I felt like I had new eyes all of a sudden. And I'd known growing up that my own Gujarati community were based in Wembley and but I didn't realize that there was such an enormous Korean community in New Malden um, or a big Japanese community in West London and um, and it just made me see again in this totally new way and you know people were on the course of writing these recipes people would ask me about authenticity and I said well my mother's Gujarati and she cooks Gujarati food she wasn't even born in Gujarat she was born in Uganda and her food I would say is very authentic to her Um, and but many any Gujaratis grown, having grown up in Gujarat would recognise that. And so, you know, food is passed down through the generations. And, so you, and, and actually,
actually typically when um, communities move, so if, if a, you know if someone if immigration has occurred, people want to hold on to what's dear. And so actually the food of our Gujaratis in the UK is much more Gujarati. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, it's very much stayed the same, whereas in Gujarat, people have moved forward. They've developed shortcuts. They don't th- do things um, from scratch as much as uh, my mother and her aunt, uh, my aunts do, for example. Yeah, I, re- um, I remember talking to Madhu Jaffrey way back when, and she said that she grew up on pasta. <laughs> Did she now? <laughs> I love that. So take us through this dish okay, that you're going to which create. I, um, I can start, um, I'm going to start to make it. So um, first things first, I'm using um, kimchi. So it comes in a jar. This It's made in Hackney, I believe. Um, and it's absolutely fabulous. I opened it this morning and it practically burst out of the jar. This it's, The main ingredient's cabbage in there and it has so much personality. It was positively fizzing. Um, so I've just taken it out and I've squeezed out the juice of the kimchi and we don't want to get rid of that juice at all because it's got so much flavor in it um and so um i'm just going to leave that to sort of for the kimchi to just uh release all of its juice and i'm going to chop up the kimchi into little bits so you're chopping up the kimchi but of course you can make your own kimchi very very easily can't you you can you absolutely can i mean if you it's you know it's just a it's a fermented pickle essentially so you can and there are so many um you know, Asian supermarkets and actually Korean supermarkets, mm. particularly around London, um, where you can buy. So obviously, all of this stuff is available online. Yeah. Um, but I have to say, you know, I quite, you know, I've got a toddler. I really love taking shortcuts. I love <laughs> when someone else has gone to all of the hard work for me. Then I'm really happy to buy really good quality kimchi. Yeah. Um, so, and the best stuff I've found comes in jars rather than those sort of vac packed. Um, uh, you know, sort of plastic packets. So yeah. my kimchi has never quite tasted the same as the stuff in the Korean shop. So I, really? I'm with you. I go with the jars. Oh yeah. But of course, if you do want to make your own kimchi, go to delicious.co.uk. Find <laughs> <laughs> the recipes. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Um, I'm just going to top this up with water. So 200 mils of water mixed with the kimchi, kimchi juice. juice. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've got. I'm using a mix of flours here. So there's rice flour and plain flour. I'm putting them into a bowl with a How bit of salt. Um, 80 grams. Mm-hmm. Um, so 80 grams. It's quite a nice recipe, actually. I find I can remember this one because it's 80 grams of rice flour, 80 grams of plain flour, 80 grams of bean sprouts. Um, and, you know, I love those recipes where you can kind of, every, you know, it's equal parts, this, that and the other. Um, yeah, so I just put a bit of salt in the flowers and I'm just mixing them together. This is so easy. It's almost embarrassing. So... <laughs> Why should food be hard? (laughs) Um, But you know those kind of recipes where it's like it's barely a recipe. (laughs) So into the flour um, goes the kimchi juice and the water. Mix it all up. And that's pretty much the batter done. Um, And then I'm going to add some vegetables to it. And some tofu. So did you make this up at all? Or is this from one of the Korean communities that you went to? Uh, Shibi's a restaurant where I first ate this. And so after I'd eaten it and had my epiphany, I rang them up afterwards and said, can you just talk me through how I should make this? Um, So largely, you know, it was information that was passed across over the phone um, that allowed me to sort of experiment with it. And they were happy to pass that on. They weren't precious. I mean, it wasn't a recipe. I mean, often when you, you know, when you're talking to restaurants because they're making things at scale or um, because, um, I mean, the woman that I spoke to um, was Korean 
and she didn't you know she wasn't using sort of weights and measures so she was just telling me broadly what I could use and how to make it and she you know she was sort of passing on information that you get that I remember when I was um learning recipes from my mum it was a similar sort of thing you know wait until I said but the pancake's not holding together and she would say well wait until it goes crispy on the bottom and um you know and it will then hold together when you flip it and so it was sort of information like that that's really helpful um but it wasn't a particular recipe so the rest of it's just me sort of experimenting in the kitchen and with different types of kimchi and finding out what kind of ratios work yeah um, so you put the kimchi in there now it's a beautiful sort of pale salmon pink yeah um it is that's a gochugaru uh, red pepper flakes and they're not hot you know but they have a lot of flavor like nice warmth to them can you put any chili flakes in well i mean because the, the chili flakes go into the kimchi um and so if you're making sort of kimchi in the way that the Koreans do I'd recommend using the gochugaru pepper flakes um, if you're substituting you probably could use red pepper um, I have to say you, I made your laksa with the chilli flakes that I picked up in on the border of Thailand and Burma I mean <laughs> wow <laughs> I mean largely you can use um, you know you can substitute chilli flakes I'm not a stickler for that because if you are living in the outer hebrides and you can't get hold of these things but you want to make it then you can but they do vary enormously the flavor of different chilies um, and of course you can get most of these things online now can't you you can you can get most of these things online my favorite chili flakes at the moment are chipotle and i would t- i personally would add those to most things if i could you know so that's mexican delicious. Yeah, so they, sorry, this, no, it's totally different to what <laughs> we're talking about. Right now. <laughs> um, so you're slicing some uh, spring onions there. That's right. So I'm slicing. So I've, I've put into the batter, I mixed the batter, I put in some bean sprouts, I added the chopped kimchi back in, um, I've added some firm tofu that I had um, just drained. And by drained, it's quite important to drain um, tofu because it's quite, it comes sort of in a wet pack. And you don't, if you want to crisp it up, it's quite useful to. Um, you know use your hands as like a pizza paddle um, put it over the sink and just press really firmly until the water sort of stops coming out you do actually devote a couple of pages to tofu yes. I was quite happy about that <laughs> why is that I, well they often choose the wrong tofu well but I think that's the thing because with, with these sort of newer ingredients that people aren't necessarily used to um, cooking with I really wanted to hold people's hand and demystify um, the Asian store cupboard yeah um so silken tofu it mm, doesn't like me it it generally tries to run away from me literally as i'm (laughs) taking it out of its car it's quite (laughs) if you buy it from an asian supermarket it comes in a better packet and it comes out whole but mostly you can get hold of the stuff in a cardboard packet and you have to treat it as gently as a baby when you're sort of cutting all the way around to make sure that you don't essentially damage it if you want to use it in one lump i wasn't too sure about it (laughs) until i had this incredible dish in a restaurant called uh, my neighbors are dumplings and it has this very custody texture and by itself I wasn't too sure about it and then they they contrasted this lovely custodiness with this brute of a dressing that was made with soy and vinegar um, and um, with like toasted pine nuts pickled chilies and lots of herbs mm. oh my gosh I mean oh. it was mind-blowingly yeah. good it was really really delicious so I've, I've sort of put that into um, the book and it makes a fabulous starter again sort of coming together using pretty much store cupboard ingredients Absolutely. In and looks very very beautiful but I mean all of the tofus have their benefits and they are they are very varied I have to say the one that I keep in my um, fridge mostly is um, 
the thermal extra firm mm-hmm. uh, made by a company called Tofu. Um, yes, I use that a lot. And the smoke yeah. tofu is, is absolutely I mean, wonderful. Absolutely yeah. divine. And there's a company called Typhon. So I think there's a few um, that you can, you know, that you can get hold of these days. Yeah. Tell us about tempeh. So tempeh um, comes from Indonesia. Um, it's made using the whole soybeans. Um, and they're pressed and fermented. Um, it tastes quite earthy and nutty. Um, I quite enjoy that flavour. It's quite hard to get hold of, um, but you can get hold of it, and I prefer the stuff that doesn't come in a jar. What's really delightful about it is that it comes in, in a block, and it has that sort of quite meaty texture to it. Mm. So if you're um, going vegan or vegetarian and looking for something that gave you that same feeling that meat did in terms of the texture, then tempeh's brilliant. And it also develops this lovely golden sheen when you fry it, and it, you know that golden crust yeah. that is so delightful so I love using um, tempeh with uh, ketchup manis uh, which is a sweet soy condiment um, again from Indonesia from Indonesia uh, and you can I so fry the tempeh put in the ketchup manis uh, with some tomatoes and some greens and it, it, it makes a perfect one pot meal yeah. which is I adore yeah and you do have lots of tips on this and and, and I think this is my big take out from from this book is that it's very easy to make incredibly delicious meals very very simply with the use of these condiments Mm. ketchup manis being one of these yes so that was my biggest realization and it was um it was so perfect because it's not cheating using condiments because a lot of these uh, ingredients so um ingredients like miso Mm. um like you know, light or dark soy sauce, um, like ketchup manis, uh, gochujang, uh, white miso. These things are not, um, you can't make them as a home cook because it would take up an enormous exactly. amount of your time. But really good quality uh, versions of them are available widely. And what I love about them is that if you are like me, um, you know, a new mum with very little time to get dinner on the table, they add instant flavour and they just sit in either your store cupboard or your fridge. Exactly. And they really can transform something like tofu. So tell me about gochujang, because I haven't used gochujang and you use it a lot. I mean, I have a... Um yeah, that's interesting. Read the ingredients. There's corn syrup, brown rice, red pepper powder. That's the gochugaru flakes. Salt and spirits. Garlic, onion, rice flour, yeast. I mean, it is so delicious. So packed with flavour. Yeah, it's so packed with flavour. Um, I found it in a little um, Chinese supermarket that's just down the road from me. Um, and we have one of those enormous ones a little bit further, actually. And they have these giant packs of it um but you can you, i think you can find this quite wide, i think it's quite way, widely available i'm just now. last to the party on this one what's lovely about this is that you can actually make um so honey soy and ginger braised tofu mm. um and you can this is actually i've got a section in the front with mira's favorite recipes in it and this is in one of my favorites it's it just i mean it's just divine it's just a, a sort of umami flavor bomb chili garlic yeah. you know and looks that, stunning yeah it looks really really nice it sort of reduces down to this glossy lovely sauce um you know you can also use this as with with some kimchi and make a quick stew and throw yeah. some like tender stem broccoli in there yeah. so i mean it's so versatile um i mean if i've, I've made a miso butter to, to slather over corn which is perfect for this time of year um, so miso plus the gochujang if you've got both of it if you're buying the ingredients anyway <laughs> may as well keep on using them um, um, with some butter and it. it's just great over corn with a bit of lime juice and after the short break Mira gives me her top miso recipe from her book
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Miso is one of those store-covered ingredients that yeah. absolutely transforms a dish. Mm. Give me your top. I mean, you use it a lot, but your absolute favorite recipe from the book. Oh, um, oh, that's on the spot with miso. It's quite... What is my favourite miso? Because I think you say, don't you, that if you have miso in your store cupboard, yeah. you, you know, it is your most useful go-to of all the, the condiments. Oh, can I tell you what my favourite is, actually? Because there's two different types of misos. You can use them in very different ways. But my absolute favourite is the white miso um, and to use that as a dressing. And so I have a... Um, a recipe called the forbidden rice salad yes, um, rice. and it's black rice oh I love black rice it's sort of chewy and nutty and it's foolproof as well if you're scared of cooking rice but anyway rice aside um, uh, the dressing is made using the white miso some cashews some ginger and I believe some vinegar of some sort and oh my gosh it is like I could eat it slathered over everything. It is amazing, and if you know, if there's one thing that you make from the book, make sure you do make that one because it's just one of my favourite dishes of all time. And remind me why the black rice was forbidden for the Chinese. The rice is called forbidden rice because it was only available for the elite in China. Um, now it's grown widely and is widely available. Lucky us. Yes, absolutely. This dish is looking like it's begging to be eaten yeah so the, the batter's done and actually I was resting the batter so now what I'm going to do is just quickly make um, a classic dipping sauce that goes with the kimchi pancakes and what I do as a little twist is um, use some of the dipping um, sauce to just throw over some shredded spinach and so what's quite nice is that you get um, you get the pancakes you have a dipping sauce and you also have this kind of um, shredded spinach salad that's wilted in some of the dipping sauce um, as a bit of I mean constant need of something fresh um, you know and especially in weather like this it's well, so hot today, today. it's 33 degrees outside yeah. <laughs> it won't be by the time this goes out in a couple of weeks but gosh it's hot today it is hot today yeah. so that's that's a quite easy quick little side um, so I'm just going to make the dipping sauce mm. and then we'll fry the pancakes up and so in the dipping sauce it's pretty little dishes did you pick these up on your 
travels? Um, well, this is actually by um, a ceramicist called Daisy Cooper, who used to live just down the road. And then she told me that she was um, moving away to Australia. And I panicked in the middle of the night. I woke up and then... <laughs> I need more Daisy. <laughs> I need more Daisy in my life. And then so I sort of ran, ran over to her studio and picked okay, up some stuff before um, she left. So um, there's three tablespoons of dark soy, which I think that's about that. Um, and dark soy has more of a sort of molasses. It's just, you know, a much deeper, richer flavour than light soy. I use mostly light soy in the um, book um, because it's sort of just salty and clean. Um, so I'm pouring some toasted sesame oil into the soy. Mm-hmm. There's two tablespoons of that. Um, and you can jar this up after you've finished it if we don't eat it all today. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yes, it's a really, I think it makes a really nice salad dressing. And the other thing that I do is make, um, either make momos in ba- um, sort of potsticker dumplings um, and I keep them in the freezer. And so when I'm feeling really lazy, which is quite often, <laughs> I'll take some out and then throw together this sort of dipping sauce. Um, and that just makes, you know, it's sort of a perfect thing to just dunk them into because it's sort of, it's, yeah, you get the toasted sesame. Oh, that's sorry. That's rice vinegar that I've thrown in. So it's, that's used normally to, um, season sushi rice with, um, and it's sort of, it's sweet and it's sharp and it sort of cuts through everything. So it's a really nice thing to have in the store cupboard. Um, some chili flakes. So these are just normal chili flakes that you buy, um, From from the supermarket, they are from the supermarket. And you're just... You're not measuring these out, Mira. Well, I would... You know <laughs> I'm just throwing some in. certainly <laughs> are. Um, yeah, so I just as... Chili. <laughs> chili's one of those things you can put in... You can put an amount in, um, in a recipe, but to be honest, it's kind of like... As, as many as you wish, yeah. really, isn't it? To taste. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to put in like a, you know, about a teaspoon of toasted sesame seeds. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I told you that I put some spring onions mm-hmm. in the batter. So I reserved some and then they can just get thrown in as well. Yeah. And then mix it all up. Leave all the ingredients to get to know one another whilst you fry up the pancakes. And that's really important, isn't it? When people say, oh, I haven't really got much time, you yeah. do need a little bit of time just to let, as you say, the, the ingredients get to know each other. Yeah, I think so. I mean, to be honest, you could just eat it just like that. But obviously, the longer that the things sit together, they infuse together, um, and that's why curries taste better the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, that's no great secret. Yeah. And, you know, same with other sauces and things like that that you make yeah. um i forgot that i was going to shred the spinach mm-hmm. can i do you mind if i do that no, quickly now it. yeah so i've already talked to you about that but this is just a i just chopping it up pretty roughly pretty roughly <laughs> you don't need to be well it's going to wilt isn't it it's it? going to wilt yeah but you're, you're not just going kind to blanch it or anything like that no because well this is baby spinach you know if you've got that sort of quite brutish old big leaf spinach yeah the, the sort of spinach that we all used to eat yeah. um then yeah you might want to you know you might need to sort of chop off some of the um chop the leaves up and make sure that you just use the tender ones or blanch it but you don't you definitely don't need to with baby leaf spinach mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's... I mean, to be honest, these are such small leaves that you could pretty much just keep yeah. them whole. Right, so from the dipping sauce, I'm just going to add in, you know, a couple of tablespoons 
of that lovely dressing. So you're pouring that over the spinach. Yeah, and then I'm just going to mix it up. And then whilst we're frying the pancakes, it should just sort of settle down and it will just make a nice fresh topping to the pancakes. Gosh, it smells delicious. Thank you. Right. Right, over to the... Here we go. Hob. So this is just a non-stick pan. And I'm just using some rapeseed oil. Because it's lighter? Because I grew up in Lincolnshire and it's sort of, it's the oil that I've grown up using. But um, it's also, because when they're leaving, when the farmers were leaving the land fallow, um, they'd grow rapeseed. And so it was quite widely available in Lincolnshire when I was growing up. Um, And so got used to using it. It's also flavourless unless you buy the cold pressed stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that makes it great for uh, South Asian or Southeast Asian cooking because you don't get you don't want especially if you're cooking like quite a light dish you don't want the flavour of olive oil in there and then seeing as the pan is nice and hot I'm going to take about a quarter of this and it, you can see it's quite a sort of quite a stiff batter stodgy yeah. batter it's not very runny and that's but you know you're not using eggs and dairy it does hold together, but you don't need it. It's not as, you know, you don't have eggs. You don't have that protein binding it um, in the same way. So it's that's why the batter looks like this. So I'm just using my hands to, like, mould it into a rough sort of shape. But you could just... You don't have to. You don't have to do that. <laughs> that's a sort of a burger size. Yeah. So just flatten it out because, mm-hmm. you, you know, as long as you're kind of keeping it in one round shape. So I'm flattening it out with the back of the spoon. And then I'm just going to leave it and chat to you for a few minutes. Mm. Does your daughter eat this? Um, she does eat quite widely, but, you know, she is only a toddler. And, so, but, and you know, with kids, they've got so many more taste buds than we adults do. Yeah. And so she finds the, t- the flavour of it quite powerful. Yeah. So she's definitely tried kimchi. And she does like quite sour flavours. But what I'll do is I'll use a lot less chilli yeah. um, in a dish that I'm making for her. Yeah. And so they'll be like you know two lots of batter yes. um what she really loves um are noodles <laughs> in all you know whatever i mean whichever type of noodle whether it's soba or whole wheat or the bouncy udon ones i mean she'll eat it um and so things like the pad thai are great for her um yeah because yes. it's got like chunks of tofu and broccoli and uh, and like noodles that she can pick out so. and, the, and the pad thai you put in the book you tell the story of how thailand kind of created the dish they, they wanted a national dish to represent you know what thailand's all about to take out into the world and that was pad thai yeah how, how authentic is your version well uh i make it using peanut butter and i'm not sure if i use <laughs> peanut butter in thailand to make their pad thai but i tell you what it <laughs> It's delicious. <laughs> I'm so going to try it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, I've called it a peanut butter pad thai. Um, I mean, where possible, I love to use people's recipes that have come from a particular person because I think food, and for me, food growing up was always rooted, you know, with my mother and um, her, the heritage that we have, um, being Gujaratis growing up in this country. Um, but where that wasn't possible, I do feel, feel like... What I wanted to do first and foremost was either to collect a recipe and where that wasn't possible, create some like something delicious and quick and easy. Mm. And peanut butter, um, I just fell in love with store cupboard ingredients when I had a little baby because um, I just want I just know that there is so much potential, yeah. isn't there, yeah. in our store cupboards, and we kind of forget that sometimes. 
Um, so yeah, that's it, it. Might have started with the peanut butter first. Yeah, that dish. absolutely. And why not? You can see that that's going nice and brown underneath there now. Yeah. So what's what's quite nice about these pancakes is you can kind of forget about them for a while. Um, How long do they take to cook in all? I mean, I would cook them maybe for about three minutes on each side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And do they have to be hot? Well, let me try. Let yeah. Me try. Okay. <laughs> a cold one right next to me. Yeah, I did a blue, blue Peter number. Mm, one that's <laughs> just lovely. Oh, thank you. Mm. Um, yeah, are you getting all the... Have you got everything in the in one bite? This mm. I've got the lovely crunchy inside of the bean sprouts, but it's very pancakey. <laughs> if you eat them when they're hot and fresh, you, the rice flour adds a bit of crispiness, mm. crispness. Mm. Um, to the outside and I do quite like that and then they're sort of a bit squidgy in the middle um, and that's quite I love that sort of textural contrast yeah, yeah. if you eat them cold I think they're to be honest I think they're amazing cold I mean I'd love to have a you know them in the fridge well I was just thinking you could take them on picnics oh yeah that would be a really good great thing to for take picnics. On picnics because they're yeah. quite self-contained they're they're you know they're food that you can eat with your hands yeah you can take the the lovely sesame oil separately, separately and, and yeah yes you have totally smashed the Korean pancake situation, <laughs> Korean picnic pancake situation. <laughs> so when I ate this um, pancake in Ashibi, this restaurant in York, just around the corner from York Minster, this cent- you know, yeah. centuries old, and I was so delighted to find this Korean restaurant. They cut up the pancake and you sort of take your chopsticks, take one little piece, dip it into the dipping sauce. Yeah. Um, but I quite like serving pancakes whole yeah. rather than sort of you know chopping them up and so um i'm just going to put this into a smaller dish and put it onto the plate it looks absolutely fantastic i can't wait <laughs> and if you want to buy mirrors book east visit hive.co.uk and use the discount code delicious 10 that's delicious one zero to get your 10 percent off don't forget to listen to all the podcast episodes at deliciousmagazine.co.uk slash stories slash podcasts. And I'll be back next week with the inimitable restaurant critic, Jay Rayner, whose new book, My Last Supper, tells the story of one meal, a lifetime in the making. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.